Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If you are not, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with academia, innovators, startups, NGOs, all looking for solutions to the greatest challenge of our time. My name is Samuele Tini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. It is with great pleasure and honor we are launching our episode zero of this podcast. It's a long journey that is finally taking the first step. Our first guest is a graduate for Georgetown University from United States. He also studied at the Eck Business School in France, sustainability. And then it is at the brink of sustainability and innovation. Startup of the year in South Africa, winner of the prize in Dubai as in the category of sustainability and winner of the competition uh, of the BRICS Young Innovator. I mean, with this pedigree, we are very happy to host Matthew de Godema, who is the CEO and founder of Kudoti. Welcome, Matthew. Thanks so much, Samuele. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for the introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matthew. So we can have maybe start the discussion about you, about and your idea. So how do you end up in uh, in Africa? What is your background? And yeah. how you started so, from law to sustainability? Yeah. Because that is a quite a, cha- <laughs> a change. <laughs> right. I definitely have an atypical background, I think, both for sustainability, for entrepreneurship as well. I'm definitely one of those people who never really thought that, you know, entrepreneurship was kind of what I would end up doing. And like you say, I, I started in Georgetown, we're studying legal, legal issues and, and political science. But I was very fortunate after Georgetown to move to Cambodia for a year. And I lived in Cambodia. Uh, I was, though I was working as, as a journalist, I was a reporter. That is where really I, I first became connected and, and kind of came to, to be in contact with the issue of recycling waste management in uh, emerging economies. Given that Cambodia and most of Asia, for that matter, has not very good waste management and recycling. Now, that still doesn't explain why I ended up in Africa, but that is kind of the beginning of the process. And from there, it was a multi-year period of time where, though I was working and, and living in France and New York, uh, in the back of my mind, I always had this, this kind of, I was always thinking about, you know, this problem of recycling and sustainability. And in that process of, of, of thought development, uh, really, for me, Africa stood out really as an area of opportunity more than anywhere else in terms of implementing new solutions and having essentially uh, a space where recycling is a problem, but there's also uh, a great opportunity to introduce solutions and to solve that problem. And I still firmly believe that, that is the case for Africa. We're currently based in, in Johannesburg in South Africa, but we de- definitely see a huge opportunity across the entirety of Africa uh, and beyond, coming to a point where we actually introduce effective and scalable solutions to recycling. Wonderful. So now you have just launched there one or two hints at your solution and out of Cambodia and all and France and New York came out Kudoti. What does it mean Kudoti? And then what is your contribution to our grand challenge of our time of sustainability? So Kudoti is actually a Zulu word. We're proudly a South African company uh, with uh, all our team being based in South Africa. Uh, and Kudoti means essentially trash in Zulu, trash or waste in Zulu. We really liked kind of, you know, having that, that kind of word as, as, a, as, you know, being our mission essentially to solve the problem of trash. Uh, so we picked the name Kudoti. What we do is we want to introduce 
scalable solutions to the problem of waste and recycling in, uh, in Africa. And we do this through developing technology solutions that essentially enable all the current actors within waste management and recycling to come together into a single environment and actually to facilitate the interactions across the value chain of waste and recycling. So we have launched a digital platform that connects waste collectors. Uh, and in Africa, these are often informal waste collectors that are individuals that go around collecting waste to make a living. We connect them with aggregators, waste processors and recyclers, uh, and even looking at the manufacturers themselves, bringing all these entities into a single platform to enable the exchange uh, and transactions uh, related to, to buying and selling recyclable waste. And the reason why we are doing this, and it's, it's been a, a two year process of really identifying the challenges, identifying the solutions uh, that has led us to what we're doing now. Uh, but we do firmly believe that what we're doing now is the right approach and, and actually can lead to, to have the impact that we originally set out to achieve. We understand that actually recycling and the demand for recyclable waste has a huge unmet potential. Recycling is actually uh, an activity that has uh, you know, financial and economic value. Uh, you, you're recycling products to then make new products. And that is an existing activity. The problem is that it's hugely inefficient. The problem is that it's hugely disconnected. Uh, even though when we're looking at recycling, we're talking about a global supply chain. But this supply chain effectively is broken uh, given the segregation and, and the, the lack of interactivity and connection that exists within the supply chain. Uh, so we're changing that by bringing all these entities together into a single platform, single supply chain to better match supply and demand of recyclable waste. Uh, and we anticipate and we've already seen that by doing this, we can actually drive up the value of the waste itself. Fundamentally, there is a huge demand for, the, for recyclable waste that is not being met. And that's for a variety of reasons. I mean, we're, we're seeing big corporate brands announcing that they're going to in integrate and incorporate a certain percentage of recyclable waste into their products. Governments now are, are intervening as well to, to force companies to, to recycle or to integrate recyclable materials into, into their products. And also we're seeing a huge push on the consumer side to say, you know, we're going to only buy products that are recyclable and recycled. So this is leading to a, an exponential growth in the demand that can't be met with the current supply chain. The supply chain being broken, the supply isn't reaching the demand. And so we're trying to solve that. And we see that by solving that, we actually add value, you know, literally the, the per kilogram value of waste. We can increase that value, which will drive then further incentives for recycling and for collection. Uh, and we anticipate this to happen kind of in a loop until we actually reach a point where recycling is so viable or, or so much more viable than it is today that we can actually start considering and think about a fully circuit economy where materials are, are going through in a loop uh, from uh, manufacturing consumption back into uh, manufacturing. That is wonderful. I think this is your value proposition. It's really in line with some papers that I was reading, you know, how to escape the green prison and how the social enterprises that have, you know, from one side traditional for-profits objective and KPI, but on the other side, social and environmental can help uh, escape the green prison. And sometimes our economic system is putting ourselves because that is how a certain amount of waste is for sure uh, always be there. Although some reduction is there on packaging and everything, waste is there. So your solution is an enabler, if I'm correct, to enable waste collectors, especially also they're helping also the informal sector. I think also here there is a strong social part 
to meet the market and as well give value to trash. When I was listening to you, I think shared value and Porter came to my mind. Uh, I want to ask you, how do you evaluate impact? Because sometimes impact for what is called in the broader literature of social entrepreneurship is a bit difficult because Mm-hmm. It is sometimes dualistic. In a way, you have the profit KPIs and everything, but they have the social. How Kudoti uh, gives that? And if you can give us some of the early results of your work. We essentially measure impact in two ways. First, we measure our environmental impact through actually the volumes of waste that we uh, process and that we kind of, uh, push towards recycling through our platform. So we're enabling recycling of waste and we actually track per tonnage how much waste we're actually enabling uh, for recycling. In that, we do have a challenge in that we can measure that quite easily. What is not as easy to measure is the additionality. That is to say, you know, how much waste is, is being recycled that wouldn't have been recycled otherwise if it weren't for our platform. Now, that is something that is very important. We actually are working very hard to understand how we can measure that. One way that we're looking at is, is actually working with types of waste that are less recycled today because uh, they're harder to collect or there's less of an economic incentive because the the market value isn't as high. Now, we want to really work with those materials because we believe that we can, as you were saying, add value to these materials by connecting supply and demand. Uh, And this is true as well for for difficult to to recycle materials, uh, like essentially film, plastic film, which is quite hard to, to recycle and not often collected and we want to essentially be able to say we are bringing more and more materials to the recycling market that previously were might have been excluded for for financial reasons. That's still an ongoing process. The other way that we measure impact is actually through measuring the income of the collectors that we have on our platform. Uh, and we're also uh, have do have some kind of early metrics on that, particularly in a project that we have in, in Cape Town where we're working on this project called GreenUp which is a partnership with uh, Distel, a large consumer brand, and the city of Cape Town. And in that project, we've implemented our platform to actually enable tracking of of data from the collection of informal collectors through to the the aggregation points and the the collection centers. And the the early data that we've seen is actually, we've seen seen a pretty big increase uh, in the income for waste collectors. Uh, Just to give you an idea, I mean, the waste collectors are making approximately 120 US dollars per month from their activity, which is significantly higher than a lot of the informal sector, uh, just in South Africa, even and, and uh, across across the world. That income was, was obviously enabled through our, our, our platform, but also through the work that Distel and the city of Cape Town are doing as well to uh, provide further uh, economic activity. But we've actually seen in that project that uh, it can be viable and it is viable to facilitate and integrate the informal sector uh, and have them actually earn a decent living. And then you add on to that the, the other parts of the project, which are to provide equipment and, and kind of safer working conditions, which are hugely important, but I think it actually did a huge value at a, at a relatively low cost, if you're kind of relatively speaking to, to other investments that you might make. That is also something that we're working on in terms of measuring impact. We have this pilot project across South Africa alone, there are over 200,000, estimated 200,000 informal waste pickers. So there's a very long way to go. In terms of our environmental impact, we also are tracking the tonnages. Now we're approximately at 4,000 tons per month of, of waste tracked. We have within our, 
backlog of companies to add to our, our platform, we're looking at approximately 50 to 60,000 tons per month of waste that we could be actually tracking and, and uh, facilitating through the platform, which is quite a big number. That astonishing result in just as what we discussed is just in few months of operation. I mean, these numbers are quite encouraging. And then I want to ask you, what about the geographical location? How do you decide that South Africa and which are the plans for expansion? Because I think that with your platform and then the work that you are doing, it's be quite easy to roll it over in other African country and possibly other, maybe let us say, countries in the emerging world. Absolutely. Why South Africa first? I mean, South Africa offers a lot of advantages uh, when it comes to waste and recycling. Uh, I mean, South Africa, relatively speaking, is quite an advanced market for recycling. There is recycling infrastructure in the country. There is recycling uh, activity and there's quite a big recycling industry. That made a few things easier for us in terms of, you know, the infrastructure was already there, or at least in, was already partly there. So we could come on top of that existing infrastructure uh, and test a lot of our solutions and actually uh, work with, with early adopters that are very experienced in the race and recycling space. Uh, meaning that we, we didn't have to build that infrastructure ourselves as well. We didn't have to you know, deal with potentially you know, no infrastructure, which is the case in some African countries. And on top of that, the recycling industry is quite developed. Uh, there's a lot of exchanges of waste going on right now, though that happens a lot uh, still very informally. So there's this interesting mix of kind of very advanced recycling facilities and recycling companies matched with a you know still very big informal sector of waste. It's estimated that about upwards of 80% of all recyclable waste goes through the informal sector uh, into the formal sector. And so that made it very interesting for us as well to kind of uh, be able to work there. There's a, there's a lot of organizations and, and government involvement as well in recycling. Uh, which makes it a very uh, interesting and positive ecosystem to come in and work. So you are you are sort of the link from the formal to the informal. Uh, it goes then where Kudoti and your solution comes. So to enable more efficient market weight and a more even appropriate usage and income for the informal sector, you link this facility that they were there with all the re- the collection that the people they were doing. Also bringing value exactly. to them. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So th- those connections existed, but in a very, very disconnected way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there's, there's a, a lot of kind of middleman interactions uh, and a very inefficient way of actually getting waste to the right people uh, in the right places. And so what we're doing now is actually integrating all these different facilities and these different actors into one place so that through technology, we can actually match you know, the collected volumes with the demand, which is still a huge challenge in South Africa given that you know, most of this happens uh, in, in non-digital ways. So that obviously has a, you know, has a huge uh, slowing effect on, on you know, what can be achieved in terms of efficiency. We, we are integrating those informal sector uh, entities into the formal sector uh, and actually you know, integrating the different layers of the sector itself uh, up into the manufacturing process. And then to your, to your question about kind of where to next, you're, you're correct in saying that there's you know, a huge opportunity to, of for doing this, given that the way the waste and recycling uh, occurs around the world is very similar to what happens in South Africa. So uh, we, we are looking at other locations in Africa. Mainly, we, we have already a project uh, that is planned in Uganda. Uh, we're looking at Kenya, but also actually uh, West Africa offers a lot of potentials, particularly Nigeria and Ghana, which have quite big 
uh, and well-established recycling industries. Uh, and beyond that, I mean, India for us stands out as a really interesting and, and kind of a, a very big market that we do want to look at, as well as surrounding countries within Asia, uh, particularly looking at Indonesia, the Philippines as well, where there's not only a big problem of waste, but also uh, a lot of efforts are being put into solving the problem as well. That is wonderful. Do you offer also gamification in your app? So in the sort of, you know, uh, this marketing approach also to make, you know, trust enable and also push the, the market relationship. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that because that is something that we're looking at quite a lot, actually. Uh, I mean, to, to kind of explain our design philosophy and, and kind of a development philosophy, I mean, we are building this platform with really the, the lowest level of, of ease of use possible. So we're making it essentially the most easy to use as possible so that essentially anybody with a smartphone and even uh, a non-smartphone, so through SMS, can actually interact with the platform. Uh, so within that framework of design of you know, simplification and actually making it incredibly easy to use, um, we actually see and we're starting to think about ways of actually encouraging further use. Uh, so that is both in terms of matching you know, through data collection and through uh, certain recommendation engines that we're now building, you know, matching specific types of ways with specific buyers based on a variety of factors like the location, the price, uh, the stage of the waste, you know, wh wh whether it's sorted, unsorted, cleaned, shredded, pelletized, uh, whatever. And we're able to use that data to, to actually create connections. Within that, there's definitely a big opportunity to, to use gamification uh, in terms of improving the usability and improving the behaviors in the platform. Now, a big factor that we're dealing with now is quality. Quality of waste has a huge, has a huge impact on our solution and, and is a huge factor within recycling in the sense that if waste is not of a good quality, meaning that it has to follow certain standards of, of being washed, sorted, and put together in a certain way, so in, into, into bales of a certain size, uh, and then it gets even more complicated when you're talking about shredding, there's, you know, whether you, you shredded, cold wash, hot wash, uh, and in pelletized waste, quality is an increasingly important factor as you go up that value chain. We want to use gamification to enable people to be incentivized to actually focus really on the quality of waste that they're uh, collecting and, and sorting. So that is something that we're building out now. On top of that, there's also a huge opportunity that we started to consider, which is actually not just starting at the collection level, but actually going even a step further, which is the, the producer level. So, you know, interacting with the producers of waste, whether those are households or businesses. Uh, and there, I mean, that is where I think gamification really can have a huge impact in the sense that that is where the behavior changes is the most needed. And that is where maybe today you have the least involvement in terms of uh, separation and, and actually good or, or uh, efficient behavior when it comes to managing waste. I think you touched the point, you know, how, how to trigger behavioral change uh, in people, especially due to low, still low, low rates of uh, recycling and, you know, separation of waste. And especially I'm also seeing in my experience here in Kenya, I think that is with app and gamification can be a really good answer. Now we have done the feasibility, the solution, the idea, you know, if you have to do uh, kind of like uh, evaluation of a plan of a startup as you are and a social enterprise, which is, I, I think, a growing trend for uh, new ventures. You know, we go to the financial. 
Uh, what is your revenue collection strategy? Which is where, where do you add value for yourself? How you get profit? Important question. The, the main way in which we generate revenue is through transactions that occur through the platform. So literally people buying and selling waste through the platform. And we then take a, a transaction fee there, different percentages based on, on certain factors. And, and we're still a bit of a moving target for us in terms of you know, what the transaction fee is. Uh, and we're looking to add additional functionality that can, you know, comes with different types of transaction fees. But that is the core driver of our revenue is charging those transaction fees uh, and enabling essentially payments across the, the value chain. And that's interesting for us because that is probably the most scalable model that we've come across or that we've, we've identified, given that the fee is directly proportional and, and directly related to the amount of usage uh, that goes to the platform. And that was important for us because we, we do work with a, a really wide range of company sizes. And in fact, some, some, are, are some groups or, or entities aren't even companies, they're, they're individuals. It was important for us to really uh, have this scalable model. Uh, and that's what we found with the transaction fee model. We're also now launching uh, a second model, which is uh, introducing license fees to the platform for entities that aren't directly transacting in the waste necessarily. So this could be a government that wants to monitor, you know, race and recycling activity across a geographic area, across the city, even if across the country. Uh, we want to make our platform available so that they, that data can be uh, visualized and analyzed for, you know, an entity that needs to, to actually have that bird's eye view of, of what's going on. We're also using this for uh, working with, with brands and corporates who either are working in the waste space through you know, different projects uh, or actually would like to get involved into the, the recycling space themselves, uh, potentially even as a, as a way of sourcing materials for their own manufacturing. So the second step is to garner and then the, the, the data you garner through the process to monetize them through analytics for government and institution, also to get the impact and influence maybe policies, you know, at national level. I think that will be very interesting because I think this kind of information will also enable as well the regulators to work towards a comprehensive framework for recycling. What about now in, in continuing our discussion and evaluation? What is the founder team? Which are the expertise and everything? So, you know, wh where are you coming from and uh, what is the mix? Maybe can you, can you tell? Because this is where also a lot of uh, social enterprises and problems start. So, you know, your experiences also with the, the founders, co founders, and uh, your experience with Kudoti. Uh, we currently have three founders in Kudoti and we have a five-person team with uh, two engineers that, that we work with. Uh, me as, as a CEO, uh, French-American, uh, my background or my, my role in the company is more on the strategy and operations. And I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have a great founding team with me as well. Uh, and and we, we met in, and I would say, very fortunate circumstances in the, in the sense that I moved to South Africa without knowing anybody and I happened to come out of that uh, experience by meeting two amazing co-founders kind of you know, enabled for this project and this company to actually get started. Our, our chief operations officer, his name is Gif Lubele. He's a, a native of, uh, of South Africa. She grew up in the Tembisa township of Johannesburg. And I mean, his, his story is, is really amazing. And, and uh, I think, you know, he, he, he does uh, have a really great way of telling it and, and he has shared it across different platforms and he, he features regularly in the media, which is exciting for us. Essentially, He's been dealing with this problem of waste for a very long time. He, in fact, founded a company before Kudoti dealing with waste in different ways, essentially focusing on making new products from waste. 
And then we're also very lucky to be joined by Prasenjit uh, Sinha, who's uh, who originally born in India, but now a, a resident, a long-term resident of South Africa. Prasenjit you know, had, a, had a very kind of long and, and, and fruitful career in, in different tech technology companies and telecom companies in South Africa and, and the United States. He actually brings a lot of the expertise in terms of the technical expertise and technology expertise that we need uh, as a technology company. He has also had you know, intrinsically an interest in waste. That is how we met him. He was looking at deploying his expertise in technology uh, in, in different ways to actually enable uh, better behavior uh, when it comes to recycling, uh, particularly looking at plastic recycling and particularly looking at the, the issue of pla uh, ocean plastics. That created a very strong foundation for us to actually come together and say, you know, let us together define, you know, what the the next step in developing a solution should be, what actually the most effective way of dealing with this problem uh, is. And that is a wonderful and diverse team. Three continents, so America, Africa, and Asia. And also, yes, I exactly. think a strong point is your complementarity. <laughs> yeah. There is the legal and strategic view that you bring. There is the, the knowledge of the terrain and the work and the experience, the ground experience from the, your CEO, and then the IT experience. I think that is complementarity. It's a good sign for the success and the prizes that you won. I mean, uh, they are really showing and also the impact mm -hmm. that you told us. Each enterprise is contextual. So let us move maybe to analyze the, the context and the networks that uh, you have. You discussed about the private sector. And then from your discussion, you see you have also prestigious uh, collaboration, one of them, the Ellen MacArthur Foundations and uh, between others. So how the network has enabled you to really step up in uh, your uh, venture? I'd start by saying that we, our entire business is focused on around building networks, bringing different entities together into this network environment so that value can be shared and exchanged. Now that, that value obviously can be waste and, and financial value, but we actually see a huge uh, opportunity to share other kinds of value, which we've already seen in, in our project in Cape Town, for example, where our partners bring in training and equipment uh, to our users through our platform. So essentially we, we can in integrate all these different entities into our network to provide specific value to specific people. This kind of value is quite interesting when you, when you start looking at, at financing for equipment or actually just providing equipment, providing training on, on business management, providing training on uh, better recycling. These are things that we can either do ourselves or we can work with partners to deliver them through the network. More broadly speaking, the, the, the networks that we are, we are a part of, such as the Alan MacArthur Foundation, I mean, that's been a huge value to us because it actually gave us a seat at, at this very important table, which is you know, the global stage for circuit economy. There's a huge amount of work and effort that's going into developing solutions for the circuit economy and for recycling. And what an organization like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation does is actually bring that into one space, which is important because the risk otherwise is that a lot of activities, a lot of efforts are uh, isolated and maybe you know counterproductive if their collaboration isn't considered. And so I think, what we've been very fortunate to have is that network of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, where we actually are able to interact with very big name brands, uh, experts in the field, and that provided direct value to us in South Africa, for example, where we're working with Stell, which is a member of the, the Plastics Pact, uh, which is itself run by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. 
there are other networks that we're also looking to join, particularly local localized ones in, in South Africa, where uh, different groups or organizations are facilitating and, and helping recyclers uh, in different ways. And we see a very, very interesting opportunity to come on top of those networks, integrate those players again into this, this unified environment, uh, while also providing value to those organizations through the, the tracking of data and kind of essentially having a real-time overview of performance and activity, which is in itself a huge uh, necessity when it comes to tracking impact. Uh, so working with those kind of organizations, and we're still, we are engaging with a number of them, uh, is helpful to us in the sense that we can grow our user base, but also uh, we can deliver value, value to them uh, through, through our technology and platform. I think that is where the power of networks and relationship has really helped you to, to scale. And going to scalability, because I think the scope will not change, but I think now you talked before about scale, geographical expansion, but then, you know, where do you want to go? Which are the next step for your venture? Scalability, I mean, that's, that's kind of been, you know, the, the, the focus from day one, I would say is how do we build a scalable solution? And I think we're, we're very much getting there. The reason why that was a focus is that enables essentially us to actually reach a huge number of people at a relatively low cost. And that, that's, that is, I think, our focus today is to grow our network, grow our platform across different geographies, uh, including the ones that I mentioned earlier in Africa. And that's kind of the focus. And, and our internally, we're, we're building out the technology further. We're building out kind of the infrastructure that enables us to really deliver on our value proposition across uh, a growing number of users. We are validating a lot of the, the hypotheses that we had at the beginning uh, through our work. We want to do that as well because we're, we're now working towards raising a seed, seed fundraising round uh, in the second half of this year, which we anticipate will help us scale actually across all those geographies that we mentioned, uh, hiring the, the skills that we need to uh, build up the, the new features that will add further value. Uh, but also uh, have that, that geographic, that kind of global focus. That's a big focus for us right now. Starting from the beginning, we're looking to further grow the platform in South Africa first, then in one or two markets in Africa, and then uh, consider uh, maybe our options in, in, in Asia as well. So you are born glow with a global focus. Uh, talking about this, I mean, which are your ambitions? Do you want to go public or are you going for rounds or financings? I mean, which is, as an entrepreneur, I know the, the sky is the limit, but uh, which, is, which, is your, uh, which are your objective and aims? I guess I won't be able to say too much about going public. You know, I, I, uh, we'll have to, I'll have to get back to you in, in two, two to five years and <laughs> with uh, some more details on that. But other, other than that, really, I mean, we, we're very confident in, you know, the value that we can deliver and the impact that we can generate. And so our focus now is to really uh, start growing that value and that impact through the user numbers. Uh, and uh, I think that that's both a horizontal growth and a vertical growth as well. By, by wanting to also integrate further and further other value chain, because we see that as, as adding enormous value to our current users uh, if we can directly integrate with a brand, directly integrate really the, the manufacturers so that added financial value that we get from working with those brands and, and manufacturers can then you know, be transferred down the value chain and everybody down the chain gets actually, can actually you know, boost their income and uh, 
get, like we mentioned, you know, really get the full financial recognition for the work that they're doing, the recycling that they're enabling. Uh, I mean, there's really interesting areas of work as well. In, in, for example, in terms of, of plastic credits, uh, which is a, a relatively new concept uh, being launched. I mean, there's a few different projects going on, but there, you know, we're seeing more and more this, this interest in this notion of plastic credits, which is similar to a, a carbon credit uh, in the sense that a, a company that, that creates products made of plastic can actually reduce or negate that impact by buying credits from people who are collecting waste and, and uh, plastic waste. And we actually see ourselves as, as being a facilitator of that, given that we are building this, this growing network of, of entities across Africa and eventually globally that can actually greatly reduce the cost of implementing those plastic credits uh, by collect, connecting people who are collecting waste with people who are buying credits uh, directly and, and seamlessly through, the, through our platform. That is wonderful steps, and I think you have opened up a world, you know, for really how you are really transforming and being a change maker in the panorama of sustainability. You know, as a young startup in the African continent that is really working to, to tackle one of the biggest solutions, you know, how we tame waste, how we tame plastic, and how we reach the objective of uh, serious uh, uh, sustainability. You know, also eating what are the social, economic, and environmental objective because that is that I think is an holistic is an holistic way. Which are the lessons learned in this journey? Maybe even advice that for the listeners, even the, for social entrepreneurs that they want to launch in sustainability. The number one advice and and the number one lesson that we've learned is no company can function if it doesn't intimately and, and very closely listen to its users and its customers. And that's been particularly true for us. You know, we, we started out with this ambition of, of you know, providing solutions for the recycling and, and, and waste management space. Uh, but we learned very fast that if we didn't build something that recyclers wanted to use and actually saw value in, and it had to be a very direct value, you know, very clear value proposition, they wouldn't use it. And, and so, you know, our, our whole ambition of, of kind of having that impact would go away uh, instantly. You know, the most important thing that we're doing now is constantly engaging with uh, our users. So, you know, our, our, the recycling companies, even the waste collectors to understand what their pains are, what their needs are, and actually responding directly to that through our platform. That is the most important work that we're doing by far is, is kind of understanding. And, and it's still, it's an ongoing process. And I think probably it's a process that never actually ends in the sense that there, there's always need to have feedback from the users. One really great, great kind of, value that we've, we've received is that when list, when users and, and, and clients feel listened to, they actually, you know, it, it creates a loyalty to the brand. It creates, it, it helps them, you know, be more engaged with, with what we do and, and uh, with us as a team. And we actually have started to build really great relationships with our users that enable us to deliver better value, but also get more attention and, 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 and I guess for lack of a better word, loyalty, but maybe, uh, you know, more kind of uh, responsiveness, I think probably a better word from our, our users. I think is the key. I mean, uh, building around the user and the user needs, it is how the innovation uh, can really gather pace. I think it's been a tremendous learning experience from passionate leader. I mean, a grassroots leader, we can say here in Africa, I mean, the, the prices, startup of the year, winner of sustainability, and it's it's really a great honor to have Kudote, you know, from trash to really value, 
social impact and everything. So I think Matthew, I, I, I have no words to thank you for the words that you've given us. And I think that it will be a pleasure to, to have you again, maybe in one or two years, two, two years more about your great successes that we wish you a lot. I hope so too, I hope so too. And uh, yeah, and Sanjuri, thank you so much for the opportunity and for, for giving me the time. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation and yeah, uh, I, I really appreciate the, the opportunity that you've given us. Wonderful, thank you, I met you and thank you so much. Are you better off after this wonderful fast episode? We have learned a lot and thank you, Matthew, for being with us. Now, in the second episode, we will move from South Africa we will go to England to learn about our sustainability in the automotive sector. Thank you and stay tuned.